Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 646 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined by Kyle Brackey and Ben Funky Askren, America's heavyweight. Oliver Stone is still, I guess he is on some sort of a horse and buggy situation that it could take this long. uh, He's on leave from work. He's and to my knowledge, he is not on leave. Um, he's doing work because he's hitting me up about stuff. Uh, yeah, just before the show. It's uh, so I don't know, but we we miss the big guy, and uh, he'll be back tomorrow. He claims, isn't it? Isn't today a New York area code too? Yes, it is. As I think Tyler put this <laughs> in, area code six four six covers the Manhattan and Bronx areas of New York City and is used by businesses in a wide range of industries. I know he's a strong island guy, but he loves the city. He lo- You got to love the city. Um, yeah, New York to the Bronx. Got love for all. So, uh, big shout out to all our Manhattan listeners, of which there are probably some. 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 <laughs> of which there are some. Okay. Not so, in the Bronx. We need to do uh, Spain East because there's like a way we can see like where people are consuming our content from. You can actually, I know you can see this on, uh, you can see for the podcast, you can see where the listeners are. Yeah, we can do it for site too, I'm pretty sure. Spay used to do like a little breakdown of it. They love for us, us they just love internally, us in, but uh... in Iowa and Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I don't know where I want to start. I kind of want to start with this, this Mike Zadig story because I think it's interesting because. Well, one of us, I won't tell you who, was on the Olympic team with Mike Zadik when, when this happened. And I'm curious. It was me. It was Bracky. And I just really would l- appreciate uh, learning his experience. This was the Olympics of extreme weight cuts. My gosh. You had Cormier with his situation. You had yeah. Zadik. And we'll get into the Zadik thing because that's what I And Ben Askren was is a pretty heavy Chevy to make seventy four kilowatts. Cut a lot of weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not ideal. Well, there's there was a 22, 22 pound gap between the weight classes, so you know, not exactly ideal. But I made it uh, every time. Never missed weight. We're all good. Yep, we're all good. So, how much? Well, let me let me set the stage here because not a lot of you may know the story. I remember this uh, when it happened, but um, you know. This was in 2008, so you had to be. It was a little harder to follow the sport then. So what happened? Mike Zadek, similar to Jordan Oliver, he had he made the Olympic team. Yeah. He won the spot, but we did not qualify the spot outright. So Mike had attempted to qualify it at Pan Ams. He got third. He lost a controversial match to Sasuri of Canada, so we weren't qualified. Then he went to the next Olympic qualifier, and he lost to a hammer from Iran named Mohammadi at that one, so he didn't qualify. And then the last qualifier, Coach Jackson did not send Mike. They sent Gallic, which that I do not remember at all. And I don't remember that Mike really wanted to go. And a question I had, and I don't know if you know this, Ben, but at that point, had Mike made the team or was Mike just one of the guys they thought could make the team? I I, I don't recall this. Um, I feel like... I feel like there's no way it could have been after the trials because if, if you remember 2008, the trials were very late. It was mid to late June, and then we wrestled in early August, right? So it yeah. was way, way later. So I don't assume that there's any way this was after the trials. Um, and Gallagher. 
Okay, always really back and forth. And I almost think, I could be wrong here. I almost think it was relatively soon before the trials to the point where they thought going over there, making weight, traveling might have an effect on, on their ability to compete in the Olympic trials. Yeah. So, and that is an interesting dynamic, but, but Zadik in this story, and I'm, I'm referencing, uh, you're probably, what are you talking about? So Andy Hamilton did a, this awesome write-up uh, article about this story. Yeah, I just put it in the Facebook chat. Um, it's up on the front page of the site as well, too. Um, so, so check it out and read the full thing, but I, I'm curious for, for Ben's perspective. Many of you have already read it. Uh, so they send Gallic and Zadik was really mad about it, and Gallic doesn't qualify it either. So we can't get this darn weight qualified. Then Mike makes a team. Then there's 18 wild cards across all three styles. And yeah. though Mike was a world silver medalist, he did not get the he did not get the wild card. It went to underrepresented countries. So they brought Mike to Beijing anyways, just yeah. on the off chance something happens. And oh by the way, that something happened basically twice. So Bul the Bulgarians had a guy named Gide, or I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, it is called Gide, G-U-I-D-E-A, -I, I believe. Yep. So he tore his Achilles in Beijing playing basketball. Yep. I do recall. Um, okay, so then they're like, okay, hey, we're going to try to get his backup in. And that dude was driving to yes. the airport to go to Beijing. He got a flat tire wrecked his car, broke his sternum. Yup. His sternum, that's this one right that here. really painful. That sounds horrible and difficult to wrestle in. So he didn't go. So Mike Zadik, you're in. Slight problem. He was a 149 pounder in college, and this is 60 yeah. kilos, 132.5 pounds. Now that's a weight he had made many times. However, he found himself 23 pounds over with two days to go not ideal so he goes through all these lengths to eventually make the weight at one point he may he loses three and a half pounds in 15 minutes he ends up a pound and a half under and he couldn't eat or drink anything for like the rest of the day and then he ended up doing uh he, he went i think he went oh and two at, at the olympics so yeah. crazy story it's not really about that kind of how it went on. it's just the crazy scenarios but i'm just curious what kind of stories you have about that scenario ben yeah i so i don't even remember that because i was probably getting ready to compete or, or or competing i don't remember which days we went on right but it was either two or three days so i i don't even really recall that i was probably worrying about my own self because making weight for me at that point in time was really challenging and um, I do remember the car accident. Now that he said that the, the, dude, the first dude got hurt, second dude got in a car accident. I remember that, but yeah, I don't remember anything about his weight cutting because I think I was probably doing my own thing, cutting weight at that point in time. Got it. Well, like, I didn't really get to watch like you know Henry. I didn't get to watch bumps. much of him because I was um, busy cutting weight. I think you should have been more focused on the team than yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kozak told too me funny. too. Olympic trials were June thirteenth. Final qualifier that Gallic went to was May third. How does he know that? I yeah, think he made that up. Kozak, no, that sounds it. about right. That sounds about right. So I, I made I made up the part about it being close to the trials. I thought maybe that was the thing. Maybe that happened. Maybe that happened. Um, was that the two thousand twelve year where it was Bunch and yes. Coleman Scott and someone else, and that's Reese. why they didn't wrestle in the and Reese and still in the trials because someone was out over qualifying the weight because they fell on the same date, right? 
Yep. So they sent Reese. So Coleman won the Olympic trials, but those trials did not have Reese or Bunch because they were they were trying to qualify the weight. Now, and 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 those qualifications were very close, if not overlapping, with the Olympic trials. Yes. They're very very close. And I saw so we sent Reese to one and Sean to the other. I feel like yes. was it Sean that qualified it? Um, I I don't remember. I think it time. was. I think no, I think it was Bunch that qualified. I think Reese didn't, and um, Sean did. But because they were doing that, they all got to get this special wrestle off at Beat the Streets. Mm -hmm. If you remember, yeah, it was crazy. Now maybe I'm, am I misremembering? Because who did who did uh, he beat in the? He someone beat wrestled. In the final. Someone wrestled someone first, and Reese then yeah, he beat Bunch in the final. Okay, so it was Coleman. Reese. Lost to Coleman because and Bunch was sitting basically like sitting out I think, yeah because he sure. must because he qualified the weight so crazy thing so then Coleman beats Reese super close and then he beats Bunch with that crazy like five at the off I think it was off yeah, the clinch maybe and uh, single leg cut back and plants him and uh, then Coleman's on the team at beat the streets it was a sort of a I mean it's not the not an ideal way to Pick the Olympic team. To, to pick the Olympic team outside, and the mats were crazy. And Coleman, I think he hurt his rib. That's why I, I couldn't remember if it was yes. him or Reese hurt his rib. Coleman hurt his ribs. Uh, I think Obi Obi Blanc and him were getting red or something, and he like popped a rib, like that day yeah. or the day before or something, and he freaking figured it out. I remember. Yeah. Um, I think it was Reese too when we did like the little full film on him was talking when they were talking about the process because uh, they wrestled the first match like way early in the day and then the second one with Bunch was later at night but the mat was really hot yes because it was just been under the New York mm. sun uh, and they said the mat was really hot yes that is uh, I remember hearing that as well crazy man if we yeah I'm glad that's not how we uh it made for great theater. I remember watching it, and I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> and then, like, I started thinking. About it. I was like, "Wait, this is a really crazy way to yeah to pick your." It's not just the world team; it's the Olympic team. Um, hey, how did oh, your no weight idea. get qualified in two thousand eight? Uh, has get placed at the worlds. I think at that point it was top seven at the worlds. So I think they uh, Donnie got a medal in two thousand six, and then has get placed fifth in two thousand and seven. Okay. Yeah. And then you took the spot from them. You came in, took it. Said, said, hey, thanks for the work, boys. Thanks, I'm going to take over for from here. Well, I've, my weight, so my I feel rules. like historically that the Olympic brackets were um, much larger, and they've been shrinking and shrinking. I think mine was 20 people. Um, and now, obviously, we're all the way down to 16. And I think before me, it was more than that. So... And I, th I think at one point it was just whoever wanted to show up got to show up, kind of like the world championships. So the brackets are shrinking and shrinking, and it's making it very, very tough to qualify. What was the least disciplined weight cut of your career? Least disciplined weight cut of my career. Hmm. I don't. Mm, let me. Let me. Let me think on that one for a while. Okay. I. Nothing comes. In, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm a very yeah. disciplined person. So I was afraid of this um, answer. Yeah, I, I I have like it down to uh, a science, and uh, I don't really deviate from from my plan ever. Did you? When did you? 
like cut like I mean, the... oh, okay, I'll tell you a funny story, and okay. I, I don't know if it was undisciplined, but it was. So I, I made the dumb decision to wrestle again in the oh nine oh ten uh, season, oh, yeah. and I, I wrestled in like three or four events. Um, so that was my first time back, and I had to make so it's it sixty four or seventy four plus two, which is you know one sixty seven ish some, somewhere in there. And even even that's really hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it was my first time making it again in two years because I had been fighting at that time, so that was one seventy one. Which I don't know if you guys cut all the way, but an extra four pounds sometimes is like holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. Absolutely. So I I remember like. I I really did not know if I was going to make it because I just hadn't got down to that weight in like two years or so. Um, and I think I was probably over by two tenths, but I refused to stop moving when I was on the scale. You know, so if you move on the digital scale, it, will, it just keeps bouncing, you know? Mm-hmm. So the guy's like, stop moving. And I just kept like jiggling my legs a little bit and mm-hmm. it would just kept bouncing. And then I just said, okay, I'm good. And I, I walked off. And what? I just scale <laughs> yeah, and then they marked me down. Oh my gosh! I might have been point two over. It was. I mean, I was really close. Or bulls kilos were probably point one. Dang, I don't think yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> ben Asker does what he wants. All right, <laughs> I made, Ben Asker made weight. Uh, okay, uh, that's sometimes you just got bully people a little bit. Come on, Ben, don't be a bully. <laughs> no, I said it's good. It's it's good. It's good. It's good. And then I, you know, I walked away, and then he marked it down. So it was good. Wow, not okay. Well. I want to elaborate on that one. <laughs> when did you first really cut weight? Did you cut weight in high school much? Dude, I'm a dumb dumb. I cut a ton of weight in eighth grade. Perfect. Yes. I don't know. I was I was an uneducated kid who, you know, thought, hey, well, if I wrestle these smaller guys, I'm gonna win a whole bunch. Um and let's see, eighth grade, eighth grade, I remember I wrestled 110. So it was, it was the regional, right? And then there was a tournament in between and then the state tournament. And I, I wrestled 110 pounds at the regional tournament. And the next week in between, I wrestled 122. And then oh I made God. it back down to 110 the next week. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was so stupid. That must have been fun. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember anything about the Cormier situation? <sighs> oh, Daniel's going to be mad at me. The only memory I have, this is the only thing. And this, I think he made weight the day after I made weight. So, again, it was this where, like, I was finishing my weight cut and I was just miserable. And I think he was just starting his, if I remember this, mm-hmm. but I remember he came into the sauna and he had a full Powerade and he Uh-oh. chugged it. And I thought, dude, what are you doing? You just chugged that Powerade. And he said, well, I need energy if I'm going to cut weight. And I was saying, yeah, but you just drank like 1.25 pounds or whatever 20 ounces is. Like you should not have done that. You just chugged it. What the hell, man? But I was like miserable, so I just shut the hell up because, you know, when you're cutting weight, I didn't feel like talking to anybody. But I remember looking at him like, oh, my God, Daniel, what are you doing? Dang. So well, I don't remember I, anything past that. I mean, it, it would seem like it, I'm sure it's not the first time he's done it. Powerades are so delicious, though. I used to, <laughs> that used to be my – Powerade used to be like my favorite drink. Probably well, from like high school to like age 24. serious? I loved Blue Mountain Blast Powerade. Oh. I loved it. On. I don't drink it anymore. Everything but. also tastes 10 times better when you're at that point of your weight cut. That's yeah. true. Yes. That is so yeah. true. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seems yeah, like- and then I mean, so the other thing that's relevant about that 08 is we we had the Olympic Village, right? But then they had, I, I don't recall the exact name of it, but it was I know it was because we had to tell the cab driver it was Beijing, 
East uh, East Normal University is Beijing Taoshou Tomen, and you had, you had to say it in the cab to get there, you know. Uh huh. And uh, it was so hard. Chinese was oh my god, it was hard. But so you we weren't like in contact a whole bunch because there was a practice facility here, and you cut weight here, and so it wasn't like you know everything was in one spot. Dang. Well, yeah. Seems like we we uh, cut weight a lot harder back then. Seems like the guys. I mean, I know the weight cuts seems are more scientific. Easy, yeah, but it seems like they've figured it out a little bit better now. I mean, and even J J O is, uh, you know, he's now routinely making sixty five. He's looking good off the scale. I don't know. Is it, that was day before too. They, I mean, day before allows you to do true. worse things yeah. to your body. Yeah, but but I want Is that a little bit of a trap though? Too like, oh, I have twenty four hours to recover. But if you do it stupid, it takes longer than that to recover, right? Right. Uh, besides the very first time, the first time I died, so you know it's not actually twenty four hours because right. it's a th usually a three three p.m. weigh-in or something like that. Mm -hmm. First time I made seventy four, I I like couldn't move the next day. I, I won my first two matches, and I felt like I wanted to fall over. Um, but at, after that, I had n no issues with the uh, the recovery process. I mean, it, it is it's not twenty four hours, but it's I don't know sixteen or so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, it does seem like, like, I mean, who are our biggest weight cutters in, I mean, James Green. James Green, yeah. He was, he, but he was not, this is a guy that was making scratch 65 mm -hmm. months in advance and, you know, was hovering slightly above. I don't think this is a guy crashing down from 160, 165. Seems like he was just in striking this. So I don't, well, I don't know. But, but you can't be, so with, with the one hour weigh-in or what two hour weigh-in, whatever they have, just like college, you literally can't cut a whole bunch of water weight. You will just lose. You'll die your first match. Yeah, not not literally die, right? But you'll you'll gas out. You'll fall over. You you will not win the match. So, um, from a competitive standpoint, it, it's impossible to cut a whole bunch of water weight and then turn around and wrestle an hour later effectively. So they yeah. can't do that. They have to bring their body weights down, and you know they they can't cut that gigantic amount of water weight. Correct. Maybe our 57s. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Dayton. I was 57s. Dayton's got a big pull, but I, like Vito, I don't think it's that bad. Gilman, I'm sure it's tough for, but he's made 125. Um, I feel like he's one of those super, super. I feel like he could probably get bigger, but I feel like he just keeps himself mm -hmm. tight and lean and um, like Spencer. What about I don't, Jordan Burroughs? He's making. He's cutting a lot of oh, weight, right? Terrible. Yes, absolutely. He probably had one of the tougher cuts. Um, and you, Jaden you just, Cox hit 86. Maybe he, he just never, um, I remember the one year at world's Bader said he was old oh, struggling. Yes. Yeah. 20, when he got bronze in 17, <laughs> right? 17. I thought it was one of the years he won. I thought it was the first year he won. Well, that was at 92. Well, no, when he won, he was up at 92. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good call. No. So he had the, be Oh, I remember in That's 17, right. Remember, he he got hurt wrestling David. He had a bunch of time off the mat where he wasn't training or wrestling. And then his weight got high, and he had a bad he had a bad cut. Um, yeah, you're right. Leading into that 2017 World Championships, and that's really he got bronze, but it's probably one of the worst performances of his international career. Really, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. um, which says the standard that Jaden's wrestled at for it's insane. Um, and even yeah. still, he got bronze. So yeah, that would be an, an example. Yeah, we don't have a ton of like weight cutters that are 
mean, I'm sure. I, I think also by that by the time they've gotten to that point in their career where they're post collegiate, most of the undisciplined people have been weeded out. I right. mean, it's it's very hard to get to that 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 level of competition be with with a lack of discipline. So I, I think by the time by the time people get there, mo there there may be a few who are undisciplined, or maybe a few who are forced to wrestle specific weight classes because of whatever reason. But most of these guys, they got it. They got it down. They're mature. They've they figured it out by that time. Right. Speaking of Gilman, the rumor been circulating for a bit now that that he's earned has an injury to his foot, ankle, whatever, and he comes out with a, a blog on tpgilman.com. If you want to check it out, where he basically talks about well, it's it's a it's a little more complex than just an injury. It's about his. Um, kind of an emotional, spiritual journey and his injury he talks about having a foot and but the, like that the foot was a symptom of something else. It sounds like spiritual So or... is he is he talking about overtraining? I mean that's kinda what I thought maybe he was getting at. It was hard. It's very cryptic. It is it is a little cryptic. Uh I don't think it's overtraining. I, I don't think that's what he means. Um I think he's he's saying. What, what, do you, what do you think he is talking about? I think he's saying like my foot injury is a symptom of some underlying spiritual or emotional kind of thing he was dealing with that he hadn't. Which is what I don't know. Well, I don't know. He doesn't say that. Make your guess. Wasn't listening make to you, his body, I mean, right? Yeah, maybe it was that. I made a guess. You make a guess. Yeah, I'm making a guess. I don't know. Um, well, so the overtrained thing, it would just be that, I mean, and I think this is probably pretty easy to see in him. It's like, I'm freaking tough. I don't need to take any time off. I'm just going to keep on grinding. And, and that's, that's fantastic when you're young. I mean, I, I could say about myself, like I, I didn't take any time off. And then as you start getting older, the injuries start adding up and adding up. And you need to listen to those injuries for the longevity of your career. I mean, that, that was what it made me think. Um, that he was addicted to that that grind and that toughness and proving yeah. that he was so tough and he could go through anything. And then, you know, again, as you age, yeah, that's great when you're younger. It's outstanding. I, I did the same thing. But as you age, your body can't continue to handle that load and you need to kind of ease off. Yeah, I, I seem to remember, I'm trying to remember the interview. There was an interview after he either didn't make the team. Man, I'm not even going to try to quote it. I just need to find it. Okay. But he, he basically says something to the effect of, I, I just need to train harder or work harder or do something harder. And it's like, no, man, that's not why you lost a fix or that's not why you didn't meddle at this thing. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not it's not a matter of how hard you're working because I don't even know if it's, it would be possible for someone like Gilman to work hard. It's another thing. So and maybe this too is kind of referring, remember he wrestled through injury before with his hamstring. hamstring. Mm -hmm. Like he should not have been wrestling. Um, so maybe this is talk, referring to that as well, not listening to his body and what it's telling him. That's an all-time crazy story. I forget. Now I can't even remember what year that was. But he hurt his hamstring, I think wrestling Frank Molinero, which just sounds like a horrible idea. Whatever I, year the World Cup was in Iowa City. Yes. Because we didn't think he was going to wrestle. And he hurt his hamstring uh, like in a pretty serious way, it sounds like. Hmm. Uh, but he said... what? Uh, 18. One of the sentences he says, uh, you should, I'm leaving L.A. after a physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional journey that's allowed me to realize the foot was just a symptom. The issues were much deeper. Um, so 
I think there's a couple things. One, I, I know for a fact Vito Rujal is staying super-duper ready in case, but I think there's just no circumstance whatsoever. I can see Gilman not wrestling. Yeah. There's no way. He's going to walk out on the mat. He's going to. Yes. He's going to find Do they way. take all the number twos to the Olympics just in case? Uh, they didn't. In my, in, my, in my era, nobody, nobody even trained. There was nobody there. I mean, now I think it's more regimented about who's going to show up at camp and who's going to help train. I believe there's it's more systematic, um, and I'd have to assume all those guys are staying ready. Like I know all the guys have their own training partners, but I know if, like number twos came along, just in case. Um, well, well I believe that, yeah, I, I believe those camps are more open, right? If if I remember the last one, like those you know the olympic training camps or whatever they they invite maybe the top four guys at each weight class so there's something like that like Bur burroughs was at the uh yeah. usa wrestling camp i think they do the camps they take them i don't know i don't think they take the number ones number twos oh. i know in the past okay i'm trying to think i feel like you have world there like there were world entries and you would have like a backup guy in there because i remember like maybe gabe dean or someone was like a, a backup entry at 86 if someone got hurt or something of like that um it's being so much hmm. from memory not remember but i think we do sometimes bring backups just in case because you can enter them but um i would imagine Vito would probably go to beijing as a result um I would imagine that. yanni's going yanni is going to be dake's training partner which i thought is pretty interesting uh, what so uh, gabe dean's not i'm guessing then obviously so Gabe, Gabe on the interview with Chael was like, yeah, um, yeah, I'm not there anymore. I'm not his training partner. We may get together. He said they talked about getting together a few times. But they're not sure if it, he – he was pretty noncommittal about if that would even happen. Yeah. So Gabe loses, you know, two – or excuse me, Dake loses two of his training partners because he trained with Max as well. Um, so that, that's a factor. I'm sure he would have taken – Gabe is his partner. I mean, that's who he had taken, I think, in the past. They've traveled. I remember when he had his tune-up match before Daringer, he and Gabe went overseas, and he wrestled that match yeah. uh, or that tournament. I'm pretty actually. sure both times he's been here in Austin, Gabe's been his guy, like when he had the wrestle mm -hmm. with Daringer, and then I know he, he came with him for Chimizo. Right. So um, Yanni going to be the guy for, for Dake, and yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty <laughs> it's a decent, uh, decent training partner. He's all right. So hopefully Gilman is uh, gets healed up and optimized for before the Olympics. I'm not sure when the injury happened. It sounds like it could have happened during the trials finals. I I don't know. I'm trying to sort of figure yeah, that out. It was it was that <laughs> it was very cryptic. He was not straightforward with his answers in that article, which is. You know, understandable and fine. Yes, agreed. Okay. Uh, so, Bracky did a, a deep dive on Ohio State, and he has a lineup look, and there's some interesting little tidbits in there, and I uh -oh. want to kind of turn it to to Bracky. To... What? Oh, man. What? Are you kidding me, Bracky? <laughs> I'm assuming Etchimendia you're talking about 33? 133. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's go. As I mentioned yesterday, Ohio State top 10 finish every year except one since 2007. That's incredibly consistent. Nice work. <clears throat> um, and 
when you look at their lineup, like we were talking yesterday about like recruiting and what causes maybe ups and downs and stuff. Like, look at every single spot in the lineup except maybe thirty three. It's a top ranked guy in high school. Yes. You know that's battling for the spot. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them haven't quite reached maybe the expectations we thought, but I mean, these were blue chip guys up and down this lineup. So Heinzelman gonna be the guy at twenty five. He arguably had his best year last year. I know he didn't have the NCAAs he wanted, um, but his regular season was probably the best it's been. Uh, 33 is where it gets interesting because Decatur missed weight at Big Tens. Sounds like that experiment with him at 33 is done. Yeah. It was kind of confusing because we we weren't there. Ohio State sent a tweet out that he was going to hope to get a wild card and mentioned COVID in the tweet. And there was a way that if you were like contact traced or like had COVID that you could get a wild card if you missed your conference tournament. So that's what I think people thought it was, but it turned out he missed weight. Um, wow. Right. And it was, Man. yeah. So it was kind of a weird situation. So I think that experiment there at 41 is done. And the Etchemendia thing at 33 is, okay, he would have to beat Decatur and D'Amelio, who he didn't beat last year and who came on strong at the end of the year and finished inside the top 20 in the rankings. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's as big as people think. And if it's it's sitting the bench or possibly getting in the lineup at 33, I think he'd give it a shot. He must be super. Are you hearing this from someone or? Uh, We got birds everywhere, bro. Yeah. It's kind of personal opinion and hearing a few things. Okay. Um, Got it. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy at 33 because they brought in Will Betancourt, who was a PA state champ um, and was at Lockhaven, didn't wrestle a match. He was just a true freshman last year. They brought in him at 33. Dylan Coons actually has a couple nice wins at 33. He kind of went on a run at CKLV a few years ago, beat Josh Kramer and Jarrett Trombley. Um, so, I mean, that's not a bad option there. 41, you got to imagine it's going to be D'Amelio or Decatur. Um as I mentioned, D'Amelio really kind of came on strong there at the end of the year, won a couple matches at NCAAs. He's going to start the year in the top 20. One, one thing, Etchemendi also has a red shirt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he could, he could red shirt. Um, but not, I mean, I don't know if that really helps because D'Amelio's still got four years of eligibility. Sasso's got three, right? Yeah. So, I mean – these guys I think you could going away see, after next year. I think you could see Sammy and Pasta move up um, after after this year. And so that yeah, it would make sense for him to move up now because that well that that creates some interesting log jam down lower. But but at least for the immediate future, one fifty seven is uh, kind of an uh, empty spot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, but what I understand, I, th- I think Sammy's going to wrestle forty nine this year. Okay. Um, I mean, he's been just kind of looking at his career. He's 40 and four in his first two years in the lineup. He was undefeated going into the finals last year and was so close from finishing that takedown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously, he's right there. Yeah, he's title contender. 57 is an interesting, and then the rest of the lineup is really interesting from 57 yeah. to 97. Um, you could have Patty Gallagher go right away. I'm. I kind of would be surprised if he does though. Yeah, um, I think they want to redshirt him. Yeah, I think they do want to redshirt him. And I think they're going to go into the portal to probably fill this weight class. Um, Who's there? There's not a lot there. 57, though, is the problem. Can't go shopping. Um, 
Let me pull the the well, portal. Well, there's there's a there's a lot of people, but there's maybe not anyone who is a top fifteen type person. Yeah. So you look at fifty seven, um, Jose Champagne. John Ross, who started three or four years for Lockhaven. Jose Champagne. I don't know who that is, but that is. I know who I, it is. He was. I, ta- I take a look at him. <laughs> he was initially an Izzy kid. Then he went to somewhere in northern Indiana. Then he went to Minnesota. And then he went to Little Rock, right? Nailed it, Ben. You know yeah. Jose. You know a lot about Jose who? Champagne. Uh, he had a tough younger brother, too. I, I can't remember what his name was. He went to a D2 or D3 college, though. The the names I would probably keep an eye on Ryan Thomas, um, that one solid, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's solid. He's been in our our rankings before, and he's an Ohio native, right? Isn't he? Um, he's, is he a Graham kid? Yeah, I think he's a Graham kid. Yeah. So and then Casper McIntosh was a stud coming out of Minnesota. Yeah, St. Paris. He was solid. Yeah. Um. So he could also. There's an option. Austin Boone's an interesting one. Yeah. Um. From Penn State. Uh, we mentioned him, I think, yesterday's show, maybe. He was the top 30 recruit in the class of 2020. Um, I wonder what, I want to find, what happened there? Why did he leave? I don't know. He never wrestled a match. Yeah, like, not even an extra match or anything. Something no must happened there. Bo Piper. He's actually, he's a long-time funky, fresh camper also, Austin Boone. Probably four years, five years. Really? Nice. Yeah, he's always nice. Kind of quiet, but really nice kid. I remember when he kind of... Began his descent up the rankings and stuff. You liked him last year when we were talking about him. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it was interesting because he uh, he actually got ranked really early on in his career, like as a freshman. I don't know if he won state or something, and then um, kind of plateaued at that same ranking sophomore, junior year, where he was like 15 to 20-ish. And then obviously last year he shot, shot way up the rankings. And yeah, he's real quiet, nice. He's got younger brothers that are much more talkative. I don't know how <laughs> good they are competitively. They seem pretty good. They know their moves. Um I haven't seen them compete, so who knows? Another moves. So I, I'd say your 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 probably targets there, people they might be looking at, um, is obviously not Elijah Clear. He just transferred to Pitt. Um, Pick up the wife. Let's <laughs> get Elijah Clear back. Austin Boone, Kevin McIntosh, Ryan Thomas, John Ross. Yeah. So I mean, Patty Gallagher is probably a better solution than any of those guys, I would think. I think so too. I just think right now the plan is to redshirt him. <clears throat> Obviously, Man, if he, I, it's May, and they he, could, he could get in there, and they could just be like, "Holy crap, we gotta let this kid run." Yeah, I mean, is he really the top pound for pound guy? You could make an argument for other guys. Um, okay, but he, he has you guys the have most, number one. Yeah, yeah, we have number one. He has the most recent win over Facundo. Um, yeah, isn't lost in a long time. Uh, but I mean, historically, yeah. then the the guys who are number one pound for pound have success almost immediately. You think of this year, um, you know, Ferrari and Keegan were very high. I think they were top three, top four guys. Mm-hmm. They both had a huge mm-hmm. amount of success. I got to assume Braxton probably would have had pretty good success. So those guys made both Olympic trials. Um, I mean, it, it, at the NCAA level, <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, he, he did great. Um, but yeah, guys who come out of the senior class in the top five or so pound for pound generally are ready to go pretty much right away yeah i mean there's no doubt in my mind he would i don't think it's that they don't think he'll be ready i don't think that's what it is um okay like there's no doubt in my mind he would do well next season if he wrestled um so then moving up this is where it gets really interesting carson carts ethan smith at 65 these two wrestled off in 2019 as Car- Carso is a true freshman 
and Smith was coming down from where he qualified at 74 in NCAAs. And Karchula won 3-2. to two. Mm-hmm. Now they decided to keep mm-hmm. Karchula in redshirt, and he put together a 16-0 record as a redshirt. Um, and then, right before the season last year, he goes to the RTC Cup, and he beats Makai Lewis and Tommy Gant. And then he tours ACL. Double dang. Um, Smith made the most of his opportunity, though. He finished fifth at NCAAs. He beat Anthony Valencia. He beat Travis Whitlake. Um, he went 15-4. and four, Only lost to really highly ranked guys. So, mm. whoever wins this wrestle-off is going to... Or the loser of this wrestle-off could impact the rest of, rest of the lineup because they are likely to move up to try to get in the lineup. Dang. And so then you have a Caleb Romero, Ethan Smith, Carson Karchla trio. Um, Romero. Right, let's gets, say Carson makes it at sixty-five. Right. So then we've got Smith versus Romero. It would seem like seem like to me. Correct. And Smith has had success up at seventy-four. He qualified for NCAA's and won two matches up at seventy-four mm-hmm. uh, at twenty nineteen. Man, who's better, Smith or Romero? Smith. I love. Romero, man, Romero got so much better last year, I felt like. I do, too. I don't know. I guess I'd just say Smith because he placed and Romero didn't. But you look at Romero's what are, losses. Romero they, were, they were to Demetrius Romero to... and then Logan Massa in the blood round. Yeah, that was. So, I mean, He's it's a toss-up. Ben, but... put, ben had Romero in the finals. <laughs> ben was really feeling it. I wasn't at Demetrius Romero. I think it was Caleb. <laughs> How bad did he lose to Demetrius? It was kind of one-sided. Demetrius is a beast. He got ridden for a while, too, if I remember right. Um, But, well, okay, here's the way I I would see it going. It was 6-0 to Demetrius. So the way I would see it going is Carson beats Ethan Smith. (laughs) Ethan Smith comes up. Caleb Romero gets absolutely massive in the offseason. Yeah, he does. Just massive. So, uh, I think he can move up to 84. Yeah. And I think he at 84 is likely a better option than Rocky Jordan. Dude, Rocky's schedule last year was insane. He uh, only like pretty much wrestled ranked guys. <laughs> um, and he still, made, he still made the blood round. He lost to Hunter Boland and lost to Jeremiah Kent on the front side. But then you have Rocky Jordan, Caleb Romero thing going on. And then if Rocky loses that, he could go up and challenge Gavin Hoffman. Which Gavin Hoffman's been struggling. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of 65 to 97 is kind of crazy there. Hmm. Um, yeah, I was about to say. Fix that. What, one thing I think you should do, add at the end of those articles, is like, so you've got the, like, the lineup look, and then just boom, Bracky's Big Ten predictions. Like, what's their Big Ten lineup? Mm. And you just put that in. That'd be I like cool. that. Yeah. Um, so if I had to yeah. guess. That back half, it would seem like Karchla, 65, Smith, Romero. I don't know who wins between Rocky Jordan. and Gavin. Yeah, Rocky at 97 and Tate Orndorff. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, that's what Definitely. I think it would be. Yeah, if I'm Karchla, I'm looking at – if I'm Smith and Karchla, I really want to be the 65 because you look at the national landscape at 65 compared to 74. Yes. Holy buckets. Agreed. Holy buckets. Hey, want to hear this stat? Love stats. Uh, Rocky Jordan had 18 matches last year. Only one person that he wrestled was below number 38. 
Man. That's what I'm saying. His schedule was insane. One eighty you only wrestled Big Ten schedule and then remember eighty four was just loaded. They had yes. like ten or twelve guys yeah. in the top fifteen. Pretty sure I had him making a deep run. Uh you had him placing. Yeah, I did. Which I mean, like I said, he lost a hundred bowling. Yeah, his <laughs> in losses the of twelve. His losses were not bad. Um yeah, I mean, well, they they literally can't be bad because the the only bad person he wrestled was Kyle Cochran, who he tech falled, and then one of the matches was actually close. He beat him four two in the other match, um, but that guy was number sixty nine. I, I don't know him very well. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was his only bad uh, opponent. So he, then technically he can't have bad losses. I'm gonna send this to Tyler just to show you like the swole marrow status. The swole marrow, yeah. He gets so big; it's it would be so easy for him to move up. I like. There was one picture where he's legitimately bigger than like Miles Martin. It looked like no. I mean, they, was there? Uh, he was looks maybe like, Kyle Snyder bigger and wider than Colin Moore in this picture. All right, here we go. That was the one. That was the one I'm talking about right there. Yeah. This is this is a this is a big person. He looks ridiculously large. <laughs> yeah. They call him swole you marrow. Guys, he's flexing though. You got to scroll over a little Caleb, more. I can't he's see. He's working he's on it. He's a, that's the preview. Yeah, yeah. My gosh. <laughs> yes. He looks as big as Colin Moore in that picture. <laughs> yeah. Honest. Man. Colin Moore wrestles 97 kilos. <laughs> yeah. Who wears the shirt less? Etchemendia or, or Romero? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's Etchemendia. Who was that, I who was that big on today? Oh, or Ferrari. Oh, my gosh. Etchemendia and Ferrari got no time for shirts. <laughs> Nope, it's just pointless. Yeah, have yeah. Now AJ Ferrari, he's just been emboldened since winning NCAAs. He's wearing shirts less and less. Oh yeah. Now it's getting hot outside. He's a national champion, and people want him to take it off. You know, yeah. Like they want to get their picture with the guy with the shirt with the, off with him flexing. Yeah, the beach ball flexes, they call it. All right. Um, okay, so so that's another it, like really solid lineup from Ohio State. I don't think it's a lineup that. Pushes for a team trophy, mm-hmm. but that's like probably a top eight. They finished ninth yeah. this year, um, but I think they could improve upon that. Cool. Good stuff on the Ohio State front. Where to next, friends? We could go to, we could jump to, um, we jump to questions. I thought you had the, did you want to talk about the, the mascot names? Yes. Yes. Let me pull Hold that on. up. It was in the Hold thing. On. Now it's, it's not anymore. Cause, yeah, cause the, the link made it oh i don't know the link was weird oh i'm gonna send it to tyler right now so remember we somehow randomly got talking about uh high school mascots last week mm-hmm. yeah well, apparently max preps who's a big high school publication did a ranking of the best high school mascots the top 15 and a few of the ones we talked about are on there and some other ones and uh, one that we didn't One's very close to home. One hits very close to home. What, especially David Bray's home. David Bray. I forgot to tell him about this before the show. Oh, too. he's, he's going to be so pumped. Um, but the top 15 high school mascots, Tyler's going to be pulling up here in a second. The number one is the Polka West Virginia Dots, like I told you guys about. The Polka Dots. The Polka Dots. And you see a picture of the dot. He looks terrifying. Yeah, it's, a, it's a messed up looking dot. I'd rather be a dot than the... Uh, what are the Frankfurt hot dogs? <laughs> that is that is a tough one. But um, I remember, I think it was Cody Arnold. Yeah, he go. told us about the uh, Blooming Prairie, Minnesota Awesome Blossoms. They check in at number five. Um, nice. And then down at number 10, Huddo Hippos. 
That's Hutto like right where we live. Right outside of Austin. That's where David Bray lives. And if you go to Hutto, there are hippos everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> they have these concrete hippos uh, in their yards. Everywhere. Everything's like hippo realty, hippo this, <laughs> hippo freaking lawn care. Everything's hippoed out. They love hippopotamuses. <clears throat> and they probably honest, want one for Christmas. Honestly, yeah. Only hippopotamus will do. <laughs> Think about hippos. They get kind of characterized as these like goofy like cows, but they're like the meanest animals that live, and they just like they kill so they, many people. They just kill people constantly. Um, so anyway, Bracky is currently googling some uh, some hippo statistics. Oh my god! They their body count is like better than any cryptid, <laughs> dude. Their KBDR is like a twenty five, three thousand humans oh, <laughs> every year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, some vegetarians. Jeez. So yeah, don't don't mess with the hippo. So th really, they're number one. So we got the Dunn earwigs. We've got the corn jerkers. That's that's a tough one. Um, give goes through some other oh ones here. Oh my god. Frankie. He's just he's just enamored by the hippo stats. Snakes kill fifty thousand people per year. What? Oh my gosh. Do you believe that? Fifty thousand. Sure, why not? Scorpions three thousand. Oh no. We got scorpions around here. You get scorpions in my damn house. Oh boy, this is not good. Hippopotamuses. This one only says five hundred. Hmm. All right. Still, that's, that's a, a big. That's a lot. KBDR. Still dangerous. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed to see number fifteen, the Pleasant Hill Billies. Ooh. You know that should have been that should have been that should have been Man High School in West Virginia. In Man, West Virginia, they're the hillbillies. So they're the man hillbillies. Man hillbillies. That's better than pleasant hillbillies. Well, I, li I like the little play on words there. We've got the Dunn yeah, earwigs. Yeah, it's kind of sneaky. Yeah, they snuck it in there. The Golden Goblins. Sounds made up. Hoopstown Corn Jerkers. The Hobos. <laughs> I don't know if you... The Hobos, it's literally a homeless person with the, with the thing. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. The Laurel Hill name. Hobos? What's a Nimrod? Waters Meat Township, Michigan, Nimrods. It, I feel like that's what people like use that interchangeably with like idiot. Idiot, yeah, idiot. Yeah. All right, so you're the, the Water Sweet Township idiots. What was your high school? We were the pretzels. <laughs> yeah, we got the Berlin new Berlin pretzels. pretzels. Got the pretzel pride. And then there's the one called the Millionaires, which is really strange. Yeah, Williamsport, PA. What if it, you know, that would be great. I don't think Williamsport, PA is a very wealthy town, but that would be like, you know, everyone hates like the rich community. Like yeah. that would be funny like, if they just called Laguna themselves Beach the millionaires. millionaires. And, yeah, they, they played into it. They you know they they went full gimmick on them. What's the Haunchy Town High School? Uh, Haunchyville High School. Haunchy is Haunchy is in Muskego, and they're the I believe they're the Warriors. Oh no, yeah, you're gonna lame. need some Warriors. They should be the Muskego Midgets. Because the Haunchy <laughs> short. Kyle, I, I think Midgets got canceled. canceled. Oh yeah, no, I, I can't say canceled. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why I told my wife. I don't know if that's bull crap. You can say that. Ben's, <laughs> ben runs in these famous circles, so he's ultra woke. So he knows all the things you can and can't say. And I'm pretty sure. Midgets... No, my wife. My wife tries to cancel me, and I just say, "Listen, you can't cancel me." And then, then we're good. <laughs> all right, I cannot be canceled for that. Yeah, just you have, have to speak your all you got to say. That's all you have to say, Kyle, into existence. <laughs> okay, this is a great question. Uh, let's get to questions from friends. This is a great one from uh, Donkey JC. He says, "What age is the oldest version of Gable Steveson you could be in your prime?" 
That's a okay. great question. So David Bray talked himself into an <laughs> audaciously old Gable Stevenson that I oh. think he said he could beat like fourteen year old, one hundred eighty two pound Gable Stevenson. Absolutely oh, no come way. Fourteen year olds are not good. That's what Bray said. Bray that's said what, that's what he said. But he, for, but this fourteen year old is not like listen, Ben. You've never coached a fourteen year old like Gable. Well, no one has. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. This is an exceptional person. You cannot say, well, yeah, 14. Yeah, 14-year-olds are not good. This 14-year-old was a year. That's a year before he won Worlds at Cadets where he beat Jordan Wood. Okay? So this is, I, I don't think. Who with, was returning World Silver. Who was Silver. returning World Silver. So I don't think 14. I mean, for me, the answer is probably like, I feel like 10. I feel like I could beat a 10-year-old Gable. <laughs> I think 11, 12 is when it gets tough and he starts snapping me down well the problem with like 14 year old gable is i'm still like 30 pounds under size from him and i feel like (laughs) you need the you need to the bay thing is you need like the man strength advantage over right right? and i think even with the 30 pound weight advantage even though i would be better at wrestling in my prime i would hope than 14 year old gable stevenson i think the weight he would still be good enough that he would be able to use his weight so probably 12 for you yeah you could beat a 12 year old gable i'm saying 10 um and that's it's. I'm not ultra confident. If uh, you know, Ben, how, how about you? Could you be uh, cadet world champion, Gable Stevenson? I was thinking maybe freshman year in college. Oh my you, god! You think you can still beat him? <laughs> he couldn't beat Anthony Cassar. I could do some of the same things he did. Because you're saying in my prime, you're not saying right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my prime, I was I was going with Mark Ellis. He won a national title at heavyweight. Okay, okay. that's fair. Yeah. He finally started beating me when he got re- he got really big one year. I just couldn't. So when he won a national title, he was only like two thirty five or two forty somewhere in there. It's fine. And then one year he got up to like two seventy. I I, just, I couldn't handle two hundred seventy pound Mark Ellis. Um, but then even when I was when I was at the RTC here, I was the one year I would go with Trent every once a week, every day, and you know we would go hard and I, I did okay. So um, man, so you know how to ra- you know how to endure the heavyweight hand fight. Yeah, I I understand how I understand the, the game that heavyweights need to play and, and how to wrestle effective heavyweights. Gable style. don't wrestle that um, though. Yeah, Gable. <laughs> no, he does. But I mean, well, it's obvious. I'm not going to shoot under Gable. That's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's a mistake that people make is because he's got the best go behinds and reattacks. So I'm just, I'm not going to shoot. That's obvious. I'm maybe going to do some <laughs> high level high level attacking. Um, I'm going to hand fight hard and and I'm I'm not going to be in a higher stance because I I don't want to get snapped. For example, I'm not going to react to his fakes. So you know, I think I think maybe in my prime, but may, maybe we could go one year earlier. Got it. He was yeah. lighter as a freshman. I was because I was looking back yeah. to see what the oldest video we had of Gable on our site was, and it's from like 2014 at the Clash when he was at 182. But like going through the videos, wow. you saw how like small he was as a freshman mm-hmm. compared to what he looks like now. He was probably 230 Jeez. as a yeah, freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Dake on uh, Chael's uh, podcast said he thinks Gable's going to win, win the Olympics. I think he's going to win, too. I do, too. It's going to be so awesome. I do, three. Um, Oh, Casey McWhorter, he's right. 85-year-old Gable. Boom. (laughs) So when he's 85, (laughs) the best version of ourselves Uh, would be able to beat him as well. There we go. So there's many years we could beat Gable Stevenson. Uh, Okay. Do you understand this question? He said red rose or yellow rose. Is that a reference to something? 
I don't know what that means. Okay, we'll just move on. I'll say Thug Rose. There we go. We'll skip that. Hey, there you go. Um, What's more impressive, two world titles or one Olympic gold? I gotta say two world titles. A world title and an Olympic title, they're the same damn thing. They're the literally the exact same thing. Just uh, the Olympic title ends in a, in a, you know every fourth year. So I say two world titles more impressive. Mm. Although the general sporting public may disagree, but that that's not they're not using common sense. Yeah, I think I feel like to me it, it honestly it would depend on. So what I'll say is with ten weights versus six, now it's a really different thing. Right, Ooh, you can bring that, yeah. Because it's it's not just that, yeah. The Olympics has a, a level of prestige, for, because in years past, like in your era, Ben, the world weights and the Olympic weights were the exact same. There weren't more or less, correct? For most for most eras, I for mean, most that, eras, that just has just happened in the last. Well, there's two two weight classes were added in what fifteen, correct? And then yes. 61, 70, and the, but then 79, 86 didn't get added to our 19. 79 and 92 was like 2017, 18, 18, mm-hmm. 2018. 18. Yes. So that's brand new. Right. So that I think it does make it a little different when there's 10 weights and you have all the wrestlers in 10 weights and you have all the wrestlers in six weights. I think that's a, I think that's a tremendous difference. And I think it's, that's where it gets a little more interesting so i think in previous eras i would certainly say two world titles greater than uh, one olympic gold now the prestige and whatever for the public and uh whatnot is maybe a little different but um but now i don't know now i'm not as sure now i feel like one olympic gold at 65 kilograms is maybe a little I think a little more prestigious and difficult to do than two world titles at a non-Olympic weight, which, you know, one of my big things is like, stop treating the, the stop non-Olympic weights like, like but, childs. but let's also, let's also not pretend that those weights are as tough as that, that all weights are equal just in general, that all weights are equal. It is yeah. just not the case. Not true. And there are tougher weights. Um, and this says impressive. What impresses me more? Maybe more impressive to run the gauntlet, because let's face it, you could you could win a world uh, a world title at some weights and and not go through any returning world or Olympic champions or or anything, and then you could go through an Olympic bracket where you go through multiple, right? Now you're getting just way too nuanced because it, it didn't say a specific weight; it just said it, something's on the paper. Which one are you picking, Christian? Come on, man. All right, I'll take an Olympic title. <gasps> Kyle, come on, talk some sense into this, man. At first, I was like, Olympic title. But the more I think about it, I think two world titles. At first, I was world yeah. title. My gut was world title. Then I thought about it more on this show. If you, can, if you can do it two times, you that dude. Yeah. Also, producer Tyler um, let us know that the Yellow Rose and Red Rose are both Austin strip clubs. <laughs> I actually, and now, that, and now that he said that, I've heard... <laughs> I've heard of the yellow rose being advertised. Um, oh, really? I have. Yeah, he says red rose is a new one, I guess. So we got competing roses in Austin Man. now. I, th- I honestly thought it was like a Bachelor reference. Mm, no, they just do the red rose there. Okay. Um, you know, think about this. Did you guys see the movie Terry? 
I've seen the movie Terry. Okay. Yeah. Two, two-time world champ, but what was the thing? I know what his thing was, right? It was, a, it was the Olympic title. Yeah. You know? But again, I, I think that, man, I, I really feel like that's w- when you look at it from an outside 40,000 foot view, very logically, they're the same. They are the same thing. Especially, so especially in his era, they're the same thing. Right. They're very literally the same thing. Yeah. And this is impressive, right? Not more meaningful, more prestigious. It's like what impresses yes. you more? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was a good question. Good um, question. Any chance Maxine transferred because he didn't think he was going to start? Did he just lose to a Cornell teammate in freestyle? And Darmstadt, maybe there's not a spot for him. I don't think that's the case, and I don't think Cornell would be reacting the way it was if they thought that was the case. I think the plan was Focus 74, Maxine 84, Ben 97. Now, instead of Maxine, it's going to be probably Jonathan Lowe. So that's what I think. Um, I, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought – prior to all those salty reactions that maybe that would have, maybe it's not the whole thing, right? It's not the hundred percent of the reason he transferred, but that might have played a factor in it. Maybe folk Olsen got a lot bigger. He beat him in the freestyle wrestle off. He's improving at a rapid rate, something, something to that effect. Uh, but yeah, judging by the reactions of the Cornell crowd, I don't feel that to be the case anymore. Yeah. Yeah, man. Folk is it, it, we, we, it's not that we don't talk about him much, but I wasn't thinking about him in terms of the insanity he's going to add to an already insane 174. Like that weight is going to be. Is he going? He's going down to 174 for sure. I would assume that's that's I mean, what he's, he's going to do. Wrestling 86 kilos, just 86. Maybe now. I wonder who would they wrestle at 74 if he goes 84. So then? looking at um, wrestle stat, they could go with Barry Asa. Okay. This is solid. He's been uh, been on the cusp for a while. And then you go Foca 84, Dude. Darmstadt 97, Fernandez heavy. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is a funny one from Actual Cannibal. Yesterday I asked about everyone's taste in music. What are some questions you've regretted asking because you were so disappointed in the answers? <laughs> I'm sorry, Cannibal. Well, I feel like we went all across the board with different things that we liked. So he had to like one of our answers because – we were just we crossed all genres. I feel like, I maybe we just didn't. Um, Sorry, we don't listen to music about people eating other people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good cannibal playlist. Cannibal Corpse isn't that a band? They're probably. Um, they're probably. Yeah, you probably love them. Actual Cannibal one. <laughs> Bailey Brown, what happened to Gas Tank Gary being America's heavyweight? Great question. As far as I know, there needs to be a wrestle off between Ollie and Gas Tank to claim the title yeah. of America's heavyweight. Any chance we see that match on the next flow card at Alia Stone? I feel like Golly. Gas Tank Gary is the Oliver Stone template. Yeah. Gas Tank Gary's going to give Oliver the beat down. It's going to be tra- great. He would. I don't know, man. <laughs> Only because of flow card soon? Lord willing. What? We're, we're working on it. We're working on one. What month? We're up to something. I don't know. You guys yeah. always keep secrets from me. It's crap. Uh, it's not. No, I'm not keeping. I'll tell you. Not secrets okay. from you. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the June deal? J- June or July. What's scarier? John Smith half pissed off or Jaden Cox unleashing hell? <laughs> I'd never seen Jaden Cox that mad. I'm taking John Smith until I actually see Jaden Cox mad. 
Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking John W. Half pissed off John W was a scary, scary thing. Um now, who could who could currently damage me more? Certainly Jaden. But um yeah, I don't know. The the tongue lashing from John W is just just seems scary mm. as crap. Uh that 184 pounder that he was half pissed off at. Um Oh yeah. It's in the transfer portal. Yeah, Keegan Moore, he is making the rounds. He is this will be his last go around. He's a graduate transfer. Um he's at UNI last year. Um, had an interesting match with AJ Ferrari. Remember when he headbutted uh, him multiple yeah, times? Yeah, he went full Rhino. Um, so I don't. I mean, he's an, he's an NCAA qualifier type of guy. He is. He literally qualified uh, his one year in the lineup there. The year I think that John was half pissed off at him. He qualified for for uh, Oklahoma State, and you know this year, obviously, he was wrestling up at ninety seven because Parker. Um, I think eighty four is his ideal weight. Mm-hmm. So you think you think uh so Moore could be at eighty four ninety seven. I'm trying to think of who where he could he should go to Ohio State and just add uh add some add some much needed depth. <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible idea. That's why it's a joke. Awful. Man. I don't get jokes. He's from Minnesota. Um they Owen Webster hasn't made a decision, but if he decides not to come back Owen he, needs to come back. That could be a, a nice landing spot. I like Owen Webster. Okay. But um, there's still guys that you have not had comment to you or figure out because Yeah, no, like their are. school's over with. They should be they should have a decision. If they don't have a decision, it's pretty crazy at this point. No, there are. As of a few weeks ago, a few people told me they weren't sure yet. What are uh, they waiting on? I don't know. Maybe they just know and they're just not they don't want to put it out there. Connor for real Weird. for real. Transfer portal. Has it gone too far? All for what's best for athletes, but can it get to a point where the freedom becomes detrimental in season recruiting or concentration of power? Any opinions on possible negative effects or how close we are to them? I don't think we're there yet. Uh, um, but I think, I mean, they're there in football and basketball. People, so what's happening there, and I think could happen in wrestling eventually, is so many people are going in, there are just not enough landing spots for them. Um. So. So then, are, are they are they staying where they're at? Are they saying I withdraw my name from the portal or whatever? Some. Um. But then also some are just kind of out of luck. You're gonna like they want to stay D one, but it's like no one has room for me. Um. Well, would it be like a walk on situation where you know you could. someone could just say, "Hey, I was at Penn State, and I don't want let's say Austin Boone, and no one else really recruits him hard, and he says, well, I'm just gonna go to.'" Edinburgh and walk on there, something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, you could do that, okay. but I, I mean, I think these guys want money. You know what I mean? Like the guys that the are worthy of it. So I think we could get to the point where people are putting their names in just because they think the grass might be greener on the other side. The demand for them is maybe not what they thought it was, and then they're like, "Oh crap, what do I do now?" Because if you go in the portal, you can lose your scholarship. The coach can, yes. As soon as you go in the portal, coach can pull your scholarship money. That's do you the, think everyone that goes in the portal is on a large chunk? Because no, as I look at those names, no. i got to think there's a whole bunch of guys there that aren't on money at all. Correct. There are plenty of guys that go in that aren't in any money. Especially in wrestling, obviously. Yes. Scholarship. <clears throat> yes. But football, yeah. they're all on fools. Basically. Football, they're all on fools. Like, you can't. 
divide those up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought there was walk-ons. I thought it was 85 no, there scholarships are, in football. There are walk-ons, but I'm saying like the scholarship, you can't cool. cut them up like you do in wrestling. Got it, got it, got it. So no one's on, like, they're on. No one's on 10% right. or anything. Got it. Yeah, hmm. I mean, honestly, I, I don't see I don't see the issue. I, lo- I love athletes having the ability to move around and not, not be restricted. Um, I mean, I think it just gets to the point where if people start transferring multiple times, it'd be like, it's one of those things where if you go somewhere once and the situation is not right, maybe you want to go find a new situation for yourself. But if you end up three or four places, the, si- the situation is probably you. Like mm-hmm. you are have some type of personal defects that is not allowing you to fit in with the culture or fit in with the coaches, or, or right? And you need to kind of look internally. Agreed. Um, and I, I don't think it's a huge – I'm not there right now with there being major issues with the – with the transfer portal, because I think it's on the teams to, you know, do the, to invest in their guys and make them not want to leave. Right. And I'm, I'm not placing blame on if any guys go in the portal, I'm not saying, Hey, you need to, you need to tighten up because you're not treating these guys. Right. That's not necessarily what I'm saying, but I think, you know, it's the impetus is on the programs to make them feel valued and want to stay. And there is a element where it's, it's on the athlete too, and it just may not work. Um, yes. But what 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 would you need to see for you to think there is an issue? What do you mean? Uh, well, well, so can I go back to one one other thing you just said there? Sure. Um, is that you know is it is the, the athletes will obviously have issues at times and certain times the coaches will be issues. But when the power structure is is leaning one way, meaning the coach knows the athletes can't leave without severe repercussions, um, that leads to certain behavior, right? Whereas if the if the coach knows the athlete can leave and there's not repercussions, and then obviously then it will it will unless the kid's really bad or or a real problem, it will negatively affect the team, right? Because even if the guy's second string, but he's pretty tough and he works hard. You don't want to lose that guy. That's a valuable person to have in your room. Someone gets hurt, good, you know, good leader, that type of thing. And so, really, I, I do feel like it balances the power structure because when when you know that the other the, the other party, the counterparty, has the ability to go wherever they want, you you have to treat them equitably, uh, and you have to treat them right, and it, it will lead to. Um, you know, a more harmonious room, I feel like, and, and the power structure not being unbalanced. Um, so I think that's really important to point out. And then uh, what would it take for me? It, it would be like where, um, and I just, I just don't think this will happen, but where, say, you know, Penn State or Iowa or something like that is getting a lot of, like, national champ or, you know, national runner-ups to transfer in. And, and you know, he, I say I say I'll never get like that. And we're having Max Dean transfer this year. I don't think that's just because of Penn State. I think they literally found issue with what Cornell was doing. Um, but that's kind of what it would take for me. Yeah, I mean, in Ironman, he's a national finalist level guy that the transfer, he's the, the only guy in NCAA wrestling with a win over Yanni. Um, mm-hmm. But that he, that's like, again, that's that was, he, and it was, I love Columbia, Missouri, so I got nothing bad to say about them at all, but he wasn't happy there. And he wanted to go find a new home, and he should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't. Dis- I don't, I don't disagree. know what it will take to make me think it's gone too far. To be honest with you, it would make me. It's our here, here's. I would. I would hate it if like. 
if you see a guy at a smaller program get there, do awesome, really perform, and then uh, uh, a Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State comes calling and they plug in that. If, if for example, you know, thinking of someone like like a, a, a Drew Foster back in the day it, yeah. or a Parker now. Not that Parker was really under the radar. He was a really good recruit. But Drew, Drew yeah. would probably be a great example. You and I invest in this kid, build him up. Oh, he places as a sophomore. And then then there's just like this feeding frenzy around around Drew. And then, he, you know, he ends up transferring. He wins a title somewhere else. Like that That would just feel like I would just hate that, right? Man, and, I, gosh. I, Christian, don't you feel – don't you really genuinely feel like if – Say, well, say what say Parker. Parker's a great example. Um, yeah. He put, he picked you and I for a reason in the first place. Yes. And now that pick has kind of come to fruition, right? They've done a lot to, to continue to develop him. They've done a good job with him. He's built relationships. Like, I don't really feel like he's drawn to go other places. I feel like he loves where he's at. I feel like mm-hmm. he has an appreciation for what they've done for him. And so, you know, you're not going to see a lot of people like that go other places because those relationships have been built. And if they're if they're making jumps, like Parker made, he's generally not doing it on his own, right? He's not doing it despite of the coaching. He's doing it because of the coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All right, here, all right. Here's here's the here's the hypothetical. All right, f- take the names out, take the teams out, but. Decent wrestler goes to a, a mid-major type of program, and they go, and he ends up developing and doing well, and he starts to get recruiting attention from teams that did not recruit him at all out of high school because he was not whatever. And now he goes and he places as a freshman or a sophomore, and this power program who can say, look at all the resources you're going to have, look at all the partners you're going to have, you can come here and you can have an impact and you're going to start and all this stuff. And now you've got mid-major program who, and let's say that the scholarships are equivalent. And how is this guy going to say no to, all right, well, I can go here and I'm going to have the best partners, the best quote coaches. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing out total hypotheticals that would yeah. make me say like, man, I would hate this. Yeah, I mean, I so I just I I think that scenario is unlikely to happen all that frequently. Um, yeah, I I really okay. do. I think I think if someone lacks the gratitude of what's around them and they lack the common sense to acknowledge what the reality of the situation is. So again, let's take people like Parker. Better acknowledge that a big reason he's gotten so good is because probably because. He's got Taylor Luhan, he's got Drew Foster, and he's got yep. good coaching, right? There's a good environment there. And so if he lacks the gratitude to acknowledge that situation, then he he's going to struggle kind of throughout life and no matter where he goes because he's not, not acknowledging the positive things around him. Yeah. Um, so, man, yeah, I, I just – I think most kids are smart enough to think, hey, these people are investing in me, and that that's a big part of the reason – I'm not doing this all on my own. Um, man, I, I, not that it's never going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen all the time. Right. I think your scenario is more likely to happen as a one-year grad transfer. Yeah. You, yeah, do, your, you, you do your time with said school. Maybe you come up just shorter. You place one time like low on the podium. And then you're like, man, it'd be really interesting to like – Go do one year at a Big Ten school or a Big Twelve school or something like that, just to get that mm-hmm. experience. But I, yeah. I totally and, and, get what you're saying, CP. It, 
not out of the realm of possibility for sure. And now, also, what you're saying too is illegal. Like those schools aren't. That's illegal, huh? Illegal. Did I say legal. No, he's he's doing a bit. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You can't. You can't. Like, guy takes fourth place out of nowhere from from Ohio, and then like. Penn State or Iowa or somebody comes up to him and is like, hey, you want, you want to come here? Like, that's, yeah. can't do that. But yeah. it happens. <laughs> come on. And, and then right. let's, think, well, let's think about the other way, Christian. You know, if you're talking about that, oh, I, I as a coach helped this kid, wasn't very good. All of a sudden he gets really good and he has no gratitude and he thinks he's better than everyone on the team and he, he thinks he did it all on his own mm -hmm. and he doesn't need anyone's help. I don't really want that dude around. He's going to be a yeah. very bad influence on the program. Um, so if we can get rid of him, I'm probably kind of happy, despite the fact that we're going to lose points. If I'm trying to build a, a nucleus and, and build a group, I don't want someone who has that type of thought process around. So, um, and like I said, I don't think there's a lot of those kids around. I think a lot of kids who, you know, we brought up the situation at Parker, but there's other ones who have college coaches help them and they develop. Man, I, I think there, there is recognition of that. And, there is there is relationships being built. So I just I don't know. I think that's the human condition. I don't think we're gonna see it all that often. We're we're gonna we are gonna see it sometimes, but not an insane amount. Yeah, I mean I I couldn't I don't have an example to point to that or I couldn't even really come up with a hypothetical that was super clear, but I don't know. I just think I, I can actually think I'm actually I actually can think of someone, I'm not gonna out them on the radio of of someone who thought um the program is the reason I'm not succeeding more and kind of like was, was putting it not on themselves. And then the next program they went to, um, the same thing happened because you got, you got to look internally most of the time, not externally. Every once in a while it's external, but lots of times it's, it's the, the issue is internal. I, I, I agree with that. And I think one thing about wrestling and it, the programs are all, you, you can win and succeed at, in almost all the environments, right? If yeah. it's if you're doing the right uh, things, yeah. If you do the right things, and and I guess to contrary to maybe football or basketball, unless I'm not a football or basketball expert, so Brecky, if I'm way off, correct me. But hey, if I'm a quarterback and I play for a, a crap team, and there's no offensive line. I'm just getting people running down my in my face all the time. I'm probably not going to do a very good job as a quarterback. Um, but, you know, if I'm a 184-pounder and I have some, a few good coaches and a few good training partners, despite if the rest of the team stinks, I can, I can still really achieve to the highest levels. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, 100%. It's, football and wrestling are completely different in this aspect because <clears throat> it happens, this happens all the time in football because these guys are trying to get drafted. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they want to go play at the highest level. So, like... For example, this year at West Virginia, they recruited this guy out of high school. He's a three-star recruit. Uh, he had mid-level offers like West Virginia. He goes to West Virginia. He's a freshman All-American. He's a third-team All-American as a sophomore. Uh, and then all of a sudden, all the teams that didn't want him out of high school want him, and he transfers to Georgia because <laughs> mm. uh, he wants to go play in the SEC. And if he plays well in the SEC next year, he's going to get drafted high. So it's completely different in football because there's this draft where you make millions of dollars and guys are always wanting to play the best competition because then they have the tape that gets them drafted high. So it's different apples and oranges in football and wrestling. But, yeah, you're right, Ben. Okay, last question. 
Did Bill Zadek make a deal with some sort of magical being slash sorcerer <laughs> resulting in a gold for himself in 06 at the cost of a curse upon his weight class for the rest of time? I saw this question, and I don't believe in all that stuff, but there's a possibility, Christian, because didn't he win something insane like seven ball draws in a row? Or it, was, it was something just totally crazy. I didn't know that. Maybe that's oh, Andy yeah. Hamilton's next article. <laughs> so he's just going to no. stay on the Zadik beat. Yeah, it was something like it was. I it may and maybe it wasn't. He won the ball draw, but he won the clinch. It, it there was something just totally insane like that, um, where you know he won a whole bunch of matches. So that was the three period system, the stupidest rules UWW uh, has ever had. But it, it there was something to that level. Um, I, I wish I could find an article on it, or maybe the bracket or something. Man, that's crazy. I, I did not know that. Um... Let's of course, see. there's probably not a lot of video about um, where you can... His finals matches on YouTube I'm seeing right now. Okay. Who is it against? Uh, Ot Otari Tushishvili. Oh, okay. That's a pretty good guy. Of course. Uh, uh, okay. So maybe we're not going to rule out that uh, some sort of uh, sorcery see. involved. Oh, how, it's 100% involved. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's that's the next Andy Hamilton article I need. That and then what curse is on 65 kilos currently? Yeah. Like where it originated, who put it, mm -hmm. how we break it. You what? know, the Red Sox had the curse for a while. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm, 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 this is obviously 15 years ago, so I'm trying. He, I'm fighting the last three matches he won. Um, he won in three periods, so I don't. Maybe it was like a three-period match every match, which you know is fairly rare at that point in time. Um, I think in all of these, he lost. I think he lost the first period, maybe in all three of those matches, the quarters, semis, and finals. Yeah, he Something lost like the that. first period against Tushishvili, and then he got yeah. a takedown in uh, regulation. It looks like. I don't know, we'll have to go back yeah. and watch it. And we'll have to look for any sort of um, sorcery, sorcery yeah. going on. <laughs> a shaman on the side of the, the mat. There could be something. Could be something. Bill, go. we're on to you. Maybe. Uh, with that, we're going to go. 934 All deep right. in the heart Peace. of Texas. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back Thursday, allegedly. That's tomorrow. We'll be definitely be back. Maybe we'll have Ollie back. Possibly. He Maybe. says he'll be back. But he is driving about 40 miles a day from New York to Texas. <laughs> and just doing the simple math, I don't know if he'll make it. We hope he makes it. And if he's back, I think you guys will be just as happy as us. Plenty to talk about still. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good Wednesday. Bye.